First time we said we we're going to talk about one topic, and then we talked about <laughs> everything else but one topic because everything else was also really interesting. It was super interesting. It's super but interesting. You know, we are people of our promises, of our word. I know. And we are coming back to deliver I know. on that previous promise. That's right. What was that promise, Fonzie? Where we're going to talk about hidden pockets of revenue. I know. I'm, I I want that. I, I want to know about that too. Which Do you I want know. more revenue? I want more Is revenue. <laughs> Bring it. Let's go. Okay. Enough said. All right. Ready. You ready, Fons? Let's do this. All right. Here we go. The hidden pockets of revenue that we focus on are LTV, like how to get this clients to stay more often. And that's why we call it hidden pockets because 10 weeks in, he generated $956,000 in new revenue wow. using just the system without any new ad spend, without it just from the business that was already in front of him. Got some fresh hey, I'm Luis. <laughs> this is Luis. And welcome to the before. Content is Profit podcast. <laughs> and in here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content, all this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple, entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go. I don't know where I say one, two, three, let's go. It's like rocket ship. No, I was cracking up because you say, hey, I'm Louis so loud. My ears are bleeding. You I cannot know. see it because uh, of the headphones. I'm sorry. But they're bleeding right now. It's okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you're, people were driving, they're awake now. That is true. <laughs> Always look at the positive side. I like it. Perspective. Look at the positive side. Anyways, guys, if you're enjoying this show, go ahead and follow it in your favorite podcasting platform. Huge shout out. Everybody new that's coming to the show. Thank you so much for that support. The show is climbing the ranking, guys. We're going for that number one gold digger. Here we come. <laughs> Jenna, Kutcher, here we come for you. That is Anyways. right. That is right, guys. And if today's guest help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode with somebody else. You might be helping them do exactly the same thing. That's right. So today we're back for round two with today's guest. Here's a little hint. He's a serial entrepreneur who has built multiple seven-figure businesses and earned a spot in the Inc. 5000. Ooh, another hint. He can help you build predictable, scalable, and sustainable businesses. Mm, and that's mm. exactly what we're going to be talking about today, helping you tap into that secret LTV revenue, baby. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Please welcome <laughs> successful entrepreneur, the karate kid, the real karate kid, <laughs> and awesome dad, Michael Chu. <laughs> What's up, What's Michael? What's up, guys? Welcome. What's going on? You guys... You guys have the most hype opening. Uh, like I feel like I feel like I'm being introduced to some like Miami club or something like that. It, well, it, it's awesome. Fun fact. Fun fact. I don't know if this is the same fun fact you're gonna share, Fonzie. We'll but this intro actually landed us jobs as MCs in an event. Here, <laughs> shout out George Branch. <laughs> just like just say. But no, dude, yeah. we're we're super excited to have you back. My my fun fact was gonna say that we are trying to find a way where when we press the button for the music, <laughs> just light pops up. Not only on our place, but in your, your place, place as well. You know, like confetti, <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah. When you guys figure that out, it's you guys are guaranteed the number one spot that, on the rankings. There we go. <laughs> That's the secret. At That's least the number the one spot in the live streaming platforms, you know? Yeah. Yes, yes, Mike, yes, yes. Michael, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the first episode with you, it's amazing. And I highly, highly recommend everybody go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. Right. But, uh, you know, episode 307. Find an extra 250K to 1 million in back end revenue. I know. Hidden 
profit, which Ooh. is actually what we're going to be talking about today. I know. So for reals, for reals, for reals, for reals. We're for reals, for reals. Let's dive in into specifically that. So, I mean, I guess a little bit of, of context, right? How do you run into this whole, you know, hidden revenue? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I ran into it because I, as I was growing my online coaching business and I was learning the business model that I had learned from a mentor, which I guess is the easiest way is to say, like, mm. I think the model that most online coaches are probably being taught. That helped me get my business off the ground. We were doing 40K a month within six-ish months, and I was all excited. And I think many of us as entrepreneurs, we have these targets like, when I'm making blank, life is going to be so good, right? Mm. Life's going to be so amazing or so free or whatever. And I got to 40K a month in six months, and I felt stressed. I felt mm. scared. And the reason I was feeling this anxiousness, this stress, and this fear is I felt like the business model that got me to 40K a month, to me at least, I didn't feel like it was A, scalable. Like I didn't have a huge audience. I had no Instagram page at that time, right? I had a small following on Facebook. So I was like, I'm going to have to work twice as hard to get to 80K a month to get to the seven figure run rate. Yeah. So that yeah. felt really stressful. And then it didn't, so it didn't feel scalable. And it didn't feel sustainable because it was so reliant on always having to get new leads every single month. What I call the, the I call the 30 day monster. Every 30 days, you're like, crap, I got to pay payroll again next month. Or I gotta, and I got, I got to make more money this month just to hit that goal again. And so it didn't feel sustainable. So that's kind of how I, that's what led to this. At that point, I leaned on the first 15 years of my business career before mm -hmm. I ever tried to do anything online. And those three businesses, you basically had to get good at retention and LTV to build those types of businesses. And I built all three of those teams to seven figures. So it was something that I did figure out and it is something that I did get good at. And so I said, all right, I'm going to take the online coaching business model that's being taught to me and I'm going to start installing and tweaking the things that I'm good at from the last 15 years so the business can actually scale and actually feel predictable and sustainable. So without getting into the details, that's what, that's what led to that moment. That's awesome. I mean, we feel highly related to the fear, right? When you get to <laughs> a place like that, when you're like, crap, like, do I have to do twice as much to do that? Right. And we've encountered that wall in, in a few moments in our, in, you know, in our career as biz bros and, and running the agency because you maybe the systems are not in place, right? We don't know what the back end is, right? There's there's a bunch of elements that we've discovered and uh, it's it's pretty interesting to hear that perspective, right, as well. And I'm sure everybody listening have had that that spot to the point that it's blocked the sell side, right? You're like, you're yeah. so paralyzed by that fear that you avoid any possible sales conversation up front because in, so your subconscious reacts to that fear. Yeah. And it's like, man, yeah. so... Um, you know, I remember a few a few moments where we have to that, and that's like a moment of stretching. We're like, how can we, how can we, I don't know, I don't want to say pivot, right? But how can we evolve and and put attention in things like the ones that you're going to be sharing today? Well, it's interesting you say that because it's it's a it's a vicious cycle, right? Like we build our businesses so heavily reliant on must get more leads, must get more front end clients, right? Mm -hmm. And that's cool. That gets the business off the ground. Don't get me wrong. That's important. But why it's a vicious cycle is because then we start to realize it's a revenue revolving door oftentimes. I work my ass off to get new clients and then every eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever someone's program is, right? Yeah. Every 12 weeks, every 90 days, they're out the door and I got to do it all over again. 
But now where it becomes a vicious cycle is we're now feeling fearful, attached, needy to having to get front end clients. So now we show up, like you said, Luis, we show up on front end sales calls. We show up in our marketing kind of like scarce, kind of needy. And so now we're making it hard to get front end clients because we're scared that we need more front end clients and it's yeah. a vicious cycle. I saw Alex Hormozzi put up a tweet recently. I think you'd have to be blind and not on social media to not see Alex Hormozzi <laughs> no, no, post yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> these days. So shout out to Alex and what you're doing there. But the, the tweet was something along the lines of, and I'm not going to quote it perfectly. The, the, the theme was if you couldn't turn off marketing and front end sales acquisition for a year and still grow your business, you don't actually have a valuable business. Oh, wow. And that's the point I got to. And that's what I built with my company. And that's what we teach other people how to do. When I started buying some of these other businesses over the last year or two, my Fit Pro coaching business, which I grew to seven figures. We essentially turned marketing off to it for 12 months. Wow. And it still did a million dollars last year. And we turned marketing on it back here in 2022. And it's still doing seven figures this year. But we literally, to focus on our new brands, yeah. turned marketing off to that business model for a whole year. And it still continued to thrive and grow. Wow. And that's why um, I find this topic of, finding hidden pockets of revenue yeah. and, and generating MRR is so valuable mm -hmm. if someone wants their business to actually be valuable. So, so do you make that decision of stopping marketing for a full year intentionally at first, or it kind of like stopped and then you realize like, oh, wow, we're doing pretty good with the clients that we have. They're actually, you know, referring us all these things or yeah or did you go intentionally from the beginning like we're not doing anything we're just focusing 100% on customer experience and retention yeah so what happened was i i built my first coaching business it's called the health and wealth academy it's a peak performance coaching business for entrepreneurs etc and how to get in the best shape of their life while living entrepreneurial lifestyles um what happened was late 2020 i bought my original mentor's business the same guy who taught me how to build my business I bought his business and then I bought two others afterwards. So at that point, we now had two different business units within my company. We had my B2C health coaching business and then we had like our biz ops B2B coaching business. So to answer your question, it was intentional to turn off marketing to the B2C offering at that point because I was going to start using most of my social media platform to be the foundation and platform where I talked about our new business offering. So it was intentional uh, to turn marketing off. And that's why I was glad that I had built my business up until that point on LTV, MRR mm -hmm. and things like that, because I was able to make that decision without worry yeah. of the whole thing's going to bottom out at zero in the next three months without marketing. Yeah. Must be nice in that way, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to share, right? Like my, my background before Bistros, right? I was in, in the fitness world, right? In fitness studios. And uh, we talked about this every He used to look like Alex or Mosey. I died. <laughs> <laughs> like one of his legs, maybe. <laughs> like, uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were focusing on like, how do we retain the members, right? Like they're paying a monthly membership, right? And it's like yeah. it, always trying to reduce that attrition level, right? And in a ton of studios, 
we were able to be very successful at that. And it became a bunch of elements about the customer experience, different products that we could potentially upsell to them inside of the, the studio, different experiences that, that we can provide, uh, yeah. even content intern just internally for the people of the studio. So whenever we decided to do Biz Bros, right, we were starting from almost ground zero, right? So um, that was established business that has some traffic coming in, that we had some revenue yeah. coming in when we decided to go to the agency, right? Once, once is like at what stage, right? A business needs to be started like looking into this as a, as a serious thing, right? Like I, I imagine there's like a, a threshold uh, or should we be aware from the very beginning, right? Because a lot of the people that come into our community are maybe people that are starting a side business or are people that are, you know, in that stage of initial growth that may maybe we don't have a marketing budget to it. People that listen to the show, also they might have the bigger companies, right? But there's a gap in, in between of like, what are some indicators for a company to be like, man, like we need to be focusing on this, right? If one, for example, you mentioned, if we turn off marketing today, do we survive, right? I think that's great. I think that's like number one filter, right? For, for a lot of people. But after yeah. that, right? Where does a company uh, or an entrepreneur focuses on this? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I mean, the more complex answer is any business at any level could or should be focusing on it. Let me give you an example of why I say that. If someone's brand new and just starting their business and they're like, I'm just going to focus on getting front end clients for now, then I'll worry about that stuff. Well, they're going to wake up 90 days from now. They're going to wake up six months from now with a $20,000 a month business and 30 clients now. And then they're going to go, oh, crap, I should have focused oh, wow. on. Right. So it, it, to some degree, even a brand new marketer should start with the end in mind, like have that. I want to have long client LTV right built in. Should they give it a predominant amount of their focus at that early stage? No, but they could or should focus on it to some extent. Then on the opposite extreme, I have people that I installed the system with that are already doing eight figures, mm. right, that are already doing multiple seven figures. And they maybe waited too long to focus on it, but it's still very implementable to them. I think of uh, Bastion Slut. We put it in place for him. And 10 weeks in, he generated $956,000 in new revenue wow. using just the system without any new ad spend, without it just from the business that was already in front of him or Al Rakek, already an eight-figure business, right? In the first 30 days, fully utilizing the system, um, generated $246,000 just so at that stage as well. So the complex answer is every business could benefit yeah. from thinking about it more long-term. And I'll just end this point with this because Jay Abraham says, and this is a pretty famous concept that's taught oftentimes, there are only three ways in business to increase revenue. Like if a business is going, what are all the ways to yeah. increase revenue? He says there are only three ways. Number one, get more front-end clients. Number two, get what clients pay to pay more, like increase the average order of a client. Yep. And number three, get clients to stay longer and pay more often, right? But unfortunately, especially the internet marketing world, most people only focus on one, maybe a little bit of two. Mm -hmm. Got to get more clients, got to get them to pay more, got to get yeah. more clients. And they just completely ignore number three yep. or, or, or don't think about it, or don't even know where to start. And so that's why I think every business level could focus on it. The prime and right time to really focus on it, I believe, is for the most part when someone's at about 10 to 30K a month, they could start putting more focus on it. And then as they scale, continue to balance how much focus they're giving it. So yeah, that's absolutely. a more complex answer. Yeah, I, 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 I'm looking back at our, uh, 
our journey, right? And at first it was, okay, try to get the clients, try to get the clients. I think we do have the advantage that being the two of us at first when we started, one could focus on one and then the other one could focus on servicing, you know, properly the people that was coming yeah. into the business, right? That, I feel like that was really a pretty good advantage out there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, now I'm looking back at it. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the person that is listening and they're convinced right now. They're like, yes, I want to get rid of this stress, right? I'm feeling stressful every single time. I know a client is about to drop and I need to find new clients. How do I keep the clients that I have for longer? And how do I turn them also into like ambassadors of my, of my program? So they also refer mm. new people, right? And I'm guessing yeah. you have a framework of some sorts for this, right? Uh, or I might be wrong. Yeah. Maybe you approach yeah. it a different way. So I, I'm curious, <laughs> right? Can we guide the listener through this? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, there definitely is a framework to it. And so I, at, at that moment where I got to 40K a month, I was really evaluating everything about the business model that I had been taught. So I'll answer your question this way. I first looked at what wasn't working if I wanted to actually build about a, about a business with MRR, where that wasn't the bottleneck. And so I started looking at all the things that were counterintuitive to that, that I had been taught that didn't work. For example, one of the things that I'd been taught in a lot of my marketing from that, that business model was things like, work with me for 90 days and you'll never need to hire a trainer ever again. Like that was literally in my application copy. That was literally in some of my marketing or this will be the best 12 week program you'll ever need. You'll have everything you need to be in the best shape of your life forever or whatever, right? And so I first looked at just the promise and I get it. Like when we're new and we need revenue, the bigger the promise we tend to make, yep. right? In hopes of just getting a sale today, not realizing that the bigger the promise we make today in the short term, the harder we make it to actually deliver long-term results. So it mm. gets us something in the short term, but it compromises and sacrifices the ability yeah. to grow the business long-term. So there's a framework. I first looked at what within my business is counterintuitive to LTV and MRR, okay? Mm. Which then led to, which then led to what I call the effortless ascension roadmap. And the effortless ascension roadmap said, okay, if I wasn't trying to promise people the world in 12 weeks, I think about it in the internet marketing world, how many people have 12 week program this, 90 day this, eight week this. And it's like, yeah. those programs promise the damn world. I'm guessing you guys have seen that oh, and don't yeah. agree with that. We've seen it. We've been victims of it. Like we've been <laughs> all around it. We've, yeah, that's actually left, how we started. Yeah, that's, yeah, all of it. That's actually how we started in this world. We were, you know, the the whole Lamborghini and bro market. <laughs> yeah. like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm all for it. Like, I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a place and a time for it. Yeah. So here's what the Effortless Ascension Roadmap is built on. The Effortless Ascension Roadmap is built on, number one, identifying what I call the ultimate transformation. When do you know your program has truly delivered what you really are here to help a client do? Like we, in our, in the coaching world, we hear phrases like I help change people's lives. Like when do you actually know you've changed someone's life mm -hmm. using weight loss as an analogy, right? If I help someone lose 15 pounds in 12 weeks, did I actually change their life? Um, That's debatable. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right? It's arguable. Why? Because that person is very likely to wake up six months from now, having put all 15 of those pounds back on. Yeah. I could argue that I actually made that person's life harder. 
because now they're going to doubt their ability to ever lose weight again. Mm. Their metabolism has been hurt. So I asked myself, when have I really ultimately changed someone's life? And using weight loss as an example is they've lost the amount of weight they want to lo- lose. They look the way they want to look. They've sustained it permanently for at least 12 to 36 months through the ups and downs of holiday seasons, birthdays, business, stress, breakups, right? And they no longer treat it as a habit. This is the key. Being in great shape is now part of their identity. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a client yesterday and he said to me, I'm not a great marketer yet. So when I go on vacation, oh man, it's just so hard for me to stay in tune with that. He goes, it's funny though. I am a great lifter. I've been lifting for years. I can go on vacation and it's like breathing. That's when I know I've actually changed someone's life when it becomes a part of their identity. I don't just help people build a seven-figure business. I help them become a seven-figure entrepreneur. So number one, we get clear on the ultimate outcome. Then number two, we work backwards with the focus of less is more. Right? If we look at most people's like courses, programs, et cetera, we oftentimes think more stuff equals more value, right? More oh, stuff equals more value. <laughs> but people are investing in mentorship, coaches, courses, consulting, not for more information. They're investing for an outcome. And the truth is more information is going to just lead to lower implementation. Mm. And if someone implements less, their ability to get results goes down. So we build out and we start to work backwards on less is more. What does, and this is the question we ask, what does someone in that in those shoes, what do they need to focus on next in such a way that if they only focused on those couple things for that period of time, it would make anything else they needed to possibly learn almost unnecessary and it would make hitting their goals expedited and accelerated. Mm -hmm. And so when we did that in my own business, I was like, yep, don't need to be teaching them this at this point. They don't need to be doing a morning routine yet. They don't need to be doing Wim Hof breathing. They don't need to be worrying about, right, this complicated type of lift. And we just started taking all of this stuff out of our program. Guess what started to happen to client results as well? They started to skyrocket and go through the roof. The third and final piece is by going less is more, How do we break this down in a way that it just seems natural? And I grew up, as you guys know, I grew up doing martial arts and karate. And uh, I used used karate and I used college as the framework for how I built this. Mm. Right? When someone goes to college, freshman year, right? They're in freshman year of high school or freshman year of college. The question I always ask people when I teach them this is the following. Is going back to sophomore year a surprising thing to them when they finish freshman year? Like, oh shit, I didn't know I have to come back for sophomore year. (laughs) Nobody nobody told me that I have to pay you guys 50 grand again. Nobody told me. That's not the case, right? Everybody knew like, okay, freshman year I take GREs and then sophomore year I start to determine what major. Then junior year I double. And then everybody knew that was the path. And so I want to turn my curriculum into that type of effortless path for students. I help them lose 15 pounds. Then we focus in sophomore year on this. Then in junior year, we focus on this. So by senior year, you're like, damn, I have a six pack. I'm down 40 pounds. I'm building a great business. I've been like this for two years. Like 
And so we, 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 we ascend it, what's called the effortless ascension roadmap. We try and ascend it like belts in karate, like grades in high school, where it's just natural. It makes sense to focus on this level at this level and then that level. So I know it's a little bit of a longer answer, but that's the, that's the f- initial framework. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it back to you guys. I, I mean, masterclass. Uh, yeah, we're, um, we're <laughs> mind blown over here. We're going to, uh, people, it started at uh, minute 19. <laughs> go listen the whole thing. Yeah, just go back and listen into it again. You definitely. know, and uh, three steps. And as you're going through it, you probably saw me taking a bunch of notes here. I just told the whole thing. So, uh, and I'm kidding. We're going to sell for a thousand. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> now, if, if you really want this implemented in your business, obviously, you know, Michael is your, is your guy. But as you're going through, as you're going through them, right, I'm going in my head about different steps and different stages in, in our, our business when we're going through something like that. And just this morning, right, like, and uh, I do like this 10 minute daily accountability call with amazing other amazing entrepreneurs in different areas, right? And we're talking about what is, um, are you adding more to your plate, right? Like how, how are you adding more value, right? And I was going through the definition of more value in my head and I'm going through the shift. Now, I think it started to happen natural. I think it's just because of of the the feedback loops that we've been getting from the people that we work with, with the feedback loops that we've been getting from people in the community, right? And the we've been thinking about like, let's let's do less right that that does the, more of the results right obviously on the service yeah, yeah. on the service side there's different aspects different elements but i'm not gonna get into the minutia of it but in my head i'm like man like i've been i've been defining progress with doing more so like mm-hmm. if i wanna if i wanna do better right i keep adding stuff to my pl- my own plate my own personal plate right we actually had a yeah. a pretty deep conversation about that the other day do yeah you remember yeah yeah because i think this is a little personal. I'm going, I'm going personal here on the podcast, but Let's I was looking, I was looking back at some, you know, old patterns, old behaviors, right? Things that I feel like are stopping me on my growth, yeah. and I always fall back a lot in that behavior of when somebody might not be ready to make a decision. I feel I need to add more stuff mm. to increase the perceived value of what I'm offering, mm. and usually adding that more stuff is usually labor that I'm adding, right? Which, I mean, I'm just adding my time in there. And I'm like, where does that come from, right? And we started like looking back at our our patterns and specifically, you know, my dad, love you dad, shout out. (laughs) But you know, like, obviously they grew up in a way and they had these behaviors that we as kids are consistently looking at. And then we picked up on those. Right. And some of that is kind of like the value attached to money. It was a lot of that labor, that like hard work, like you need to put in the time instead of let's learn about leverage, for example. Right. And now like I'm picking up on these things and I'm looking at myself and I'm like, wow, that is it's crazy. Right. And it's it's not like you said, like sometimes you got to cut stuff off so you can help people achieve this new identity. I want to yeah. I want to connect it real quick with like probably the service side because we have a, probably a lot of people that listen and they are provi- providing different services, right? So how do you yeah. apply this to that? And yesterday we had a meeting with a team uh, just looking at the process, right? And sometimes we develop a process whether you have a team or it's just you, right? That requires some uh, some X time to deliver that ultimate result for, for that client, right? So mm-hmm. um, if we're, let's say, we're having the conversation of increasing the price, which is one of those three levers, right? Or increasing, mm-hmm. like, how long are they going to be staying here? Normally, if you are attaching that value to the labor that you ha- that you do, right, then naturally your mind is going to go to, okay, well, if we're going to charge more, then we have to do more, right, which is a conversation that we were having. Now, 
yesterday in our own process, we were going through different stages, right? And, and we have the creation, we have the production side, we have the distribution side, and specifically we're diving into the production aspect on how can we make that process faster, right? To, in many ways, to deliver more value, to deliver it faster. Like what are these levers that we can do on in our service side? And um, yeah. within the discussion that we had, right? It wasn't 100% done. There's still We're still testing a bunch of it, right? But the tool that we found and the things that we can manage, right? And the process that we developed, right? Has the potential to shorten that life at least half of the process that we have moving on and potentially even grabbing one of the person, one of the people that, that work on that process out of that process to do something else, right? That has a ton of value. Less is more, right? So again, I want to encourage yeah. people with their service, uh, to, to look at individually like their own process. And let's say if it's content production, right? Like what are some tools? What are some things that you can do to increase that? And if you're providing that service, that doesn't mean that you're gonna charge less. That means that you potentially can charge more more often and they're gonna increase yeah. and they're gonna stay longer in your business because you put in the time to develop that process so you can deliver that result faster. So I, I love this because it applies obviously 100% of what we, we currently do today. And I'm sure it's applying, people yeah. listening can apply that today as well. well. I think there's two things to factor into what you just said, right? There's sequence in a, a phrase I use a lot of times is take content and put it into context. Mm -hmm. Take content, but put it into context. A lot of us in the guru world, we'll hear like an Instagram reel, and be like, I got to apply that to my life right away. It's kind of like listening to a billionaire's financial advice about what they're doing right now <laughs> yeah. and not asking them what they did when they were only worth a million dollars, right? And so sometimes we have to take content advice and put it into context. And why I'm sharing this is because, yeah, there's a time and a place where we should just put in more labor to add more value, right? For example, if we're brand, brand new and we have no client results yet, Shoot, if I have to go to the client's house and cook the food for them and make them do the workout and then talk to them once a week, every week for 20 weeks to get the results, to get testimonials, I'm going to do more of that labor early on. So I just wanted to speak to that, that there's Absolutely. a time and a place where more labor does equal more value yeah. and it's the right thing to do. Yeah. However, most you guys, most listeners maybe right now might have a little bit more of an established business already. They maybe have results already. They're providing a service. So I want to speak to the opposite side of that. And a story that I think drives that home where less is more and more labor does not always equal more value because what does? Speed, time, effort that the person has to put in. It's a story of a mentor I was with and he was talking about the greatest health provider that he's ever seen. Him and all of his rich friends go see this service provider. The only complaint they have about this medical professional is that she talks too damn much, mm -hmm. right? And they're all busy people. And so appointments that should have been taking 15 to 30 minutes are taking 90 minutes. Him and a group of friends all got together and said this to this medical professional, we will pay you triple if you can do our appointments in half the time. <laughs> we will pay you triple if you will do your appointments in half the time. Or I think of the fast pass lanes at Disney. They're not doing anything more for us, but yet we're willing to pay more to have a faster experience. And so yeah. as people are thinking about their service that they're providing, how can they create systems and processes in such a way that the amount of effort they have to go through is diminished and the amount of time between a result 
goes down as well. That's where real value is added. Not just, I can do this for you and this for you. And I can promise this. And we're going to, we're going to get you a Lamborghini. Like you were saying earlier. Luke, <laughs> and, and I promise you, you're going to, you're going to be financially free at 22 years old. And you're never going to have to think about money ever again. Like that's average marketing where you just make big, bold promises, great marketing and delivery, great brands also know to focus on um, how to make things more efficient and faster for people. Yeah. I think great brands too, and great marketing, does something that you explained a little bit earlier with which is instill this sense of change of identity right like yeah. and i'm actually reading a book about public speaking right now and one of the main things that they sell is like by the end like they say mediocre speakers deliver information right mm. unless let's change the context mediocre marketers just deliver information Right, great marketers or great speakers in the case of the book deliver change of identities. Right, like mm. people leave a speech feeling motivated, ready to take on any challenge. Right, like they embrace their new identity. So, let's say in our case, somebody they come and they need help with their content. Right, and most of these people are not they don't they don't have the identity of being a creator right they don't like sitting in front of the camera and whatnot right i mean you know how it feels it's a little bit tedious yeah. to put all the setup turn it on you know have to repeat the same phrases over and over again sometimes <laughs> shut right? off the little voice inside of your yeah ear. shut off the little voice inside <laughs> of your head but what if we can help them change that identity to you know what? I'm actually excited to create content because now I get to impact all these people that I'm trying to help. And I look forward to turning on the camera and sharing my message. And when I have my epiphanies, I look forward to actually sharing all these things in a video so other people can see it. And yeah. I think that is amazing because we can sit down here and we can talk for hours on, hey, this is a framework that you need to do to create content. But if somebody don't truly believe that they yeah. can do it, that they can become a creator, they're not going to take action, yeah. right? Like you yeah. need that belief in able to take that action, which is kind of like goes hand in hand with that second step of less is more, right? Now you're yeah. taking focused action on the things that really matter. And at the end of the day, you just got to stay consistent with that on the long term. Yeah. And I think there's a fine balance between promising short results and then speaking to what people actually believe. And that is that success doesn't happen overnight. John Maxwell says the law of process states that success happens daily, but not in a day, right? And so I think most people trust that. And so speaking to what you're saying there, Luis, about identity, I want to speak to that for a second. When I was evaluating the business model that I'd been taught, I said, who am I really, right? Like, what am I actually all about? I mean, I started karate when I was three and I'm, I've been taking karate for 30 years. I'm not about flashy, fast, new things all the time. And so I started making that part of my marketing message. We are going to get you what you actually want. Alex Ramosi says there are four ways to build value. One is yeah. to increase the ultimate transformation, right? We're going to get you what you actually want. But then I actually started being like authentic, that word gets used a lot, about <laughs> who I really am. And I was like, and guess what? That shit's not going to happen overnight, which by the way, is now starting to position LTV is now positioning yeah. lifetime value. And it was built on the foundation of this that I thought you guys and your listeners might get value from understanding. Ready? There are three levels of transformation of becoming a new identity. There's habit development, which we've all heard of before, right? Develop new habits, develop new habits. There's habit development, which they, they say, 
takes 21 to 58 days to develop a new habit. Mm -hmm. There's lifestyle transformation. And they say it takes 16 to 18 months to really settle into a new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then there's identity transformation. And they say it takes three to four years to transform one's identity. Why do you think high school is four years? Why do you think college is four years? And why do you think when people graduate high school and college, what do kids say at the end of high school? I can't even believe that used to be me. I'm not even the same person I was the freshman year. That, that's I, right. Cause yeah. they're tra they transform, not just habits. They transform their identity. This is yeah. the final piece to this. If people can understand the levels that they're trying to help people get to, it looks like this. Habit development is practicing something enough until you get it right. So if I'm working with a new marketer, they're posting content regularly. Look, I, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But most people think that means they think they've arrived. Mm. And it's not. Lifestyle development is practicing something enough until you can't get it wrong. Mm. Would you guys agree there's a difference in confidence and uh, get oh, it sorry. right, can't get it wrong, right? And so that, that's why I'm going to keep working with someone on their weight loss. They might have lost 30 pounds and they believe now that they should keep working with me because now they need to prove they can keep that 30 pounds off when they go through a job promotion, a breakup, cold weather, hot weather. And then identity transformation is practicing something enough until it becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. And so that's that's the foundation of the effortless ascension roadmap. Just to uh, kind of throw that in there, the three levels of transformation. I, I love it, and I was like mm -hmm. mirroring what you were saying with our own personal journey, right, of shifting identity. Because I don't know if you know, but our what we used to call our our identity was professional soccer players. That's the thing that yeah. we always wanted Never to do, heard. right? We talked a little I, bit I, about I it. I still tune into that identity, you know. <laughs> For example, Friday nights, tonight <laughs> at seven, <laughs> I'm gonna tune into that identity. Yeah, yeah. totally. Every night totally. when Fonzie plays. Uh, yeah, but, and again, and as we were discovering like what else we were gonna do in our life because we worked for 20 plus years to get to that goal, right? And Fonzie got to be, uh, you know, we got pretty close to it, but then when that ends, you're like, Crap, what do we do? And we had this conversation mm. with with Bart Miller and uh who's talking about it. You can actually take on different identities here and there. And like that kind of gave us the permission to explore at that moment, like what we were gonna do. And uh, when this this podcast started, right? Uh well, the first thing on the publishing was we did a 45 Live. We're like, okay, we need to change the belief inside of our head that we need to be a creator. And so what we did, we identify all these factors that were adding friction to us putting stuff out to the world, yeah. right? And the yeah. result to that was we just need to go live. And in that in that mm. specific moment in time was in Facebook platform, right? Today it can be in a, in a different one. But as soon as we started publishing content daily, that's when we started feeling comfortable. We started putting in the, the practice, right? The reps. And mm. then because of that, right, that triggered not just one time, but a few times that triggered the podcast on why we do it this way, why we do it live and why we do it three times a week. And then the podcast is about to turn three years, right? In, in March, right? Which is crazy to me. And we've been very consistent. And now when somebody on the outside, right, maybe you agree with this, but somebody on the outside is like, what do you do? 
one of the first things that I say, me like, hey, I'm a content producer, right? Yeah. I'm a podcast host. I'm an, I'm this thing. I'm this thing. And then we look back and we're like, I can't believe we were there, right? That change of identity, right? So, yes. and uh, you know, how does that translate into business in many many ways, right? From you know being very clear with my thoughts, being very clear yeah. and and at peace with the thoughts that I put out there, being comfortable, being polarizing in sometimes. I was still exploring some of that. Uh, developing relationships. There's so much to that, but there's the journey, right? And uh, like you mentioned, people coming into, in our specific case in content, that change of identity needs to happen. And when we go back and we look at the people in in our service and uh, in the in the programs that we have, the people that are really successful are those the ones that are okay to make that shift in identity or already made that shift in identity and yeah. need that support in the production. So I love how you broke it down. And I encourage everybody right now, look back at your business and go through what are those three levels? Like what was your journey, right? Because that story is going to inspire somebody else, right? So habit yeah. development, you know, lifestyle transformation, identity transformation, right? And then look at your business and the results that you're giving people. And like, are those the timeframes, right? Can we show it? Yeah. I love this, man. I love this, <laughs> this conversation. I'm, we I can geek it. out of this I, in like, you know, no, four more it. hours. I have a, a quick follow. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. I was just going to say, I love the example because the habit is what started it. We're going to do all the, whatever you guys were doing. And then, and then it led to the, and then it turned into, if people were to ask you on the streets, what do you do? I'm a content producer. I am is an identity statement, yeah. but what yeah. started it was the habits. What actions do we need to start to do? And that's a perfect depiction of those three stages. Sorry, yeah, I just no, no, no. I love it. Thanks. Um, I actually have a follow-up question, right? We have the effortless ascension roadmap right here, right? Yep. So, but what happened after this? So, you know, we managed to get this change of identity, focus action, and then we have that natural customer journey developed where we're taking people throughout for, let's say, one year. Yeah. We have a roadmap for one year, so we know exactly how that goes. Do people should add maybe like certain upsells in this journey, right, as well? Yeah. Like when you're bringing people throughout the journey. Um, like I I'm sure there are other things in here, sure. part of those hidden pockets of revenue that we we're talking about that people might be asking themselves, okay, well, if I close my marketing for 12 months, right, how am I, besides the, let's say, months to month that these people are paying me, how do I keep yeah. increasing revenue? Is it upsells? Is it a system to get referrals? What is it exactly that comes after that step? Yeah, yeah. Well, to have two-part answer, the, the hidden pockets of revenue that we focus on are LTV, like how to get this clients to stay more often. And that's why we call it hidden pockets because using Bastion as an example, he already had a multi-seven-figure business he just didn't have an effortless offer, an effortless Ascension offer to the already existing students he had. We built that out the right way. 956 grand in 10 weeks, over a million dollars now in 90 days of just wow. hidden revenue that was just sitting there waiting for it. So we focus on LTV. We focus on efficiency, how to, more, how to maximize and optimize the leads you're already getting, and then how to focus on leadership because leadership can multiply what is already within your business if it's being led the right way. Yeah. So that's like high level. What you're asking about more strategically is the following, yeah. right? So should it be re, 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 should it be um, continuation offers, ascension mm -hmm. offers, and everything like that? So here's what it is. Yes, it's ascension offers and continuation offers. But it's funny because if I were to ask any entrepreneur if they have a front end marketing and front end sales 
plan, system, or strategy that they believe in, what would they what what would most of them say? They would say, yeah. This is what I do for marketing. This is what I do for sales. Yeah. I, I, think that's the, I think that's the outside answer, but in the inside, they're like, ah. <laughs> fair, yeah, fair, yeah. fair. Yeah. So, so better said, if I just ask people if they had a marketing and sales system that's working at least, getting yeah. them some results, most people would say yes. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I can talk to six, seven, and even eight-figure online entrepreneurs and service providers right now, and I can ask them that question, and they would say yes. And then I say, cool. Do you have a back-end marketing and sales system that's also working? And it's so funny how many of them are like, well, sort of. I go, cool. Tell me what you do on the back-end. So a student finishes their first term with you, three months, six months, a year. Tell me what you do. And even in, even a couple eight-figure entrepreneurs I talk to, they're like, well, we basically get on the phone with them and they're like, and we're like, so your options to continue are uh, this, that, and the other. Do you want to continue? I talked to one high seven-figure entrepreneur. He's, he does like eight million. And he, and he told me that that was his basically model. And he also told me that he has 5% retention as well. I'm like, well, it's, it, he's brilliant on the front end. And yet 5% of his students are staying on for a second or third term. In my fit pro business, we have 80 to 90% retention wow. from the first to the second and even to the third and fourth terms because yeah. of this. So, so what, we did, what that helped me realize is two things. Number one, that people need an actual back-end marketing and sales process, right? We market to people all damn day on ads, organic, right? And everything. But then once they're in our community, they don't know about what's next. The retention offer, like the retention offer starts during the front-end sales process. I'll say that again. The retention offering starts during the front end sales process. So even if I'm, I'm bringing someone into my first tier program, I might go on the onboarding. I might say, and hey, as you develop this habit, then you'll qualify to apply for some of our second and third tier programs to take the 20 pounds mm. you lost or to take the 20K business that you've built and take it to 50K or to make yeah. sure it's sustainable. Because Luis, would you agree that you're not in this just to say you made 20K one time? that you want to know that you can make 20k every month and they go yeah well the front end program is to prove to you that you can make 20k in a month our second tier programs is to get you to 50k and show you that you can do it consistently our third tier program is to make sure that you could run this business as a as a part of who you are forever so we make sure there's a a back-end marketing and sales process that starts from the front end sales all the way through and then that the sales process itself upholds the person's authority, Mm. upholds the person's integrity, like they do on the front end. But on the back end, people are just like, so do you want to stay with me? Do you you want to buy again? Right? It's like, no shit, that's not working for you. (laughs) And and then last piece is it's always built on service. Yeah. Right? And what I mean by that is when someone's building out their front end offering, they probably ask themselves questions like, who is my ideal client? What goal does that person have? What problems are they dealing with and how am I going to help them solve it, right? Something like that. But yet I find most people don't do that exercise all over again for their second tier programs. Mm -hmm. So for every tier program I have, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, I sit down and I do a fresh exercise. Who is my ideal client after they've worked with me for six months? What Mm. fears do they have? What pains do they have? Because to just treat them like they're the same person when they first started with you 
is dumb, is blind. It's they're not. Yeah. They have more confidence now. They've already invested in themselves. They've made right. They have a new identity. So what, they have a new identity. They have new habits. So what are the problems at that stage? And then how am I going to solve it? Yeah. And now I start to believe in my second and third tier offerings because it's built on the foundation of service, not selling. It's built on the foundation of problems, not just trying to sell a product. So that's kind of what happens on the back end. Ooh, baby. That was good. Uh, you just unlocked millions of dollars for everybody that's listening to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're, you're totally right, right? Like, um, again, I'm going to reflect on, on our journey, right? We started with a service. And that was like a very specific outcome, right? And then from that service, after the feedback, right? That service improved and that service improved. And just this morning, we had a conversation about what's the ne what are the next steps, right? On these things. And, and it, is, is, it becomes a really fun game because you're providing value. Your client is very happy, right? That it's, they have a solution to the problem that they have. And then you can pick them and choose this. Now, this conversation yeah. comes yeah. in a very... I think it was meant to happen today because we're literally on that process of apart from the service, what resources can we offer to the people that are coming into our world? Right. And we never had an offering where it was not attached to a service. So we're exploring yeah. this actively. Right. So if you're yeah. listening and you're interested, let us know, what do you, what do you want? So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. we, we have based on feedback that we already got from the community and the group, there's still some things. And, and I love this, right? Because now we can go into that conversation again with this, new point of view and be like, okay, what is the actual process? What are the yeah. semesters? Right? What are the things like, who is this specific part for? Yeah. And then we go from there, right? Instead of seeing the whole thing as a, as a whole shebang monstrous thing, uh, we can, we can identify yeah. that clearly. And, uh, so you really helped me do that today. And, and, uh, and thank you. And I want to break that last piece down before we start wrapping up to, um, like you, you're asking, you're starting with the end in mind now. You're starting to ask yourself, who is someone at that stage? You know, the number of people that their clients find out about their next level offer at the very end, like, oh, shoot, I didn't even know you had another offer. That's what makes it weird. And so that's why I use the freshman, sophomore year, junior year analogy. Like nobody was like, oh, crap, I didn't know about sophomore year. Our students know that, hey, we're going to work with you. And you know what's going to be cool? Like, let's say you're a media buyer. Let's say you're an ad agency. Hey, at that point, we're, we're going to get you to the point where you think you can spend 30K in ad spend instead of 10. But at that point, we're going to we're going to graduate you into our second tier offering, which is more for people that now could start getting seven figures in revenue and maybe have an internal marketing manager. And, you know, and, that, and you start speaking to the problems yeah. and the solutions at each stage. Yeah. Um, and then the second and last thing is, I know some people might hear this and they might hear it as, oh my gosh, I'm going to have like four products now. That means I'm just <laughs> going to have to work harder. If you do it through the effortless ascension roadmap, it's all natural. It flows natural. And then we design it on what's called the 4C freedom formula. Mm. All of our delivery is built on the four C's, community, courses, coaching, and calls. Mm. And if you build it that way, all of your delivery can still be very independent of like you, the CEO, having to deliver four programs now or something like that, you know, when done the right way, this actually leads to higher LTV, improved client results, you working less, I find, and a more vibrant, fulfilled community of clients, if done the right way. Can you so repeat the four C's? You got community coaching calls? Courses. Course. Courses. Courses. Course. Yeah. 
Like, awesome. What are you going to deliver through course content? What are you going to deliver through group calls? What are you going to yeah. give actual one-on-one -on -one accountability? And how are you going to leverage a community? Meetups, Facebook groups, discords, et cetera. And you think about those four Cs and then delivery becomes part of the effortless ascension continuation. Yeah. I know this part is going to be like a very personal experience and I yeah. hope some people can relate to this, <laughs> but I actually went through a sales call with Bastion's team. And, you know, like you mentioned him a, a few times, he worked with you and you help him unlock, you know, over $900,000 in like a few days. Just a couple months ago too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I jump on a call with his team and I'm going through it and I'm like, wow, everything that you're talking about right now, the guy on the sales call talk with me on the sense of like, hey, you know, we want to get you here, but right now you are on this other level where we're going to help you. And these are the deliverables, which were the four C's, right? The community, the courses, the coaching and the call. And I was like, now I'm looking back at it. I'm like, this is awesome. This I is absolutely that. great. And honestly, yeah. that call was so good that you know we've been developing a new program called the six figure platform and a lot of it has been kind of like the way we've structured some of the offer has been based on that call that i had with bash and steve so you know you're influencing us here you, from, Michael, yeah, you're all, you, all along I inception <laughs> I, I, I definitely can't take credit for all of it but i appreciate that you said one other thing if i can teach one other thing sure. you said something about repeating yourself a lot Luis, I think you said something about that earlier. Like you do, like somebody could be delivering, finding themselves repeating themselves often. Yeah. Um, I want to share kind of a funny framework that I have for that, that allow you, that can allow your delivery to be more scalable. Mm -hmm. And I always joke, I can only, I can, I can teach this because it sounds like a Chinese takeout order, and only <laughs> I can say it. And not only I can say that because I'm Chinese. But, <laughs> but here, here's how I remember it. It goes I Y Fi Rai 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 Rai. And that's why it sounds like a Chinese takeout order, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it stands for IY, if you, FY, find yourself, RY, repeating yourself. So IY, FI, RY, RY. If you find yourself repeating yourself, RY, RY, RY. Record yourself, replace yourself, or resource yourself. Mm. Like turn it into a resource, record yourself doing it. So it's now you can just say it over and over again or replace yourself, hire someone to say it for you. So for anyone who's already established in business, you're at six, seven, or eight, but you do find yourself like, whether it's training your team or whether it's training your clients, you find yourself saying the same thing oftentimes, turn it into a resource, record yourself or replace yourself. And it's crazy how much stuff you can actually take off your plate and be like, oh, I, why do I, why am I always the one saying that over and over again yeah. and streamline the delivery of either how you train your team or streamline how you train your clients? So I, I heard you say that earlier. I just so, want to throw that in. God, yeah. Yes. Yes. This is, hold on. Hold on. You made it into the golden boulder uh, moment. <laughs> of the, I mean, everything. Yep. We, yeah. We just had an avalanche in here. Like we, <laughs> of boulders, but Michael, this has been super awesome. Uh, I mean, from the framework level to very tactical things that every, everybody can do today. And uh, we want to hear from you. If you're listening to the episode, let us know how many millions you just unlocked in your business. <laughs> so I know, Michael, we're at the top of the hour, man. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to add to to the show? 
Yeah, anybody who wants to increase their LTV, uh, we have free resources and training specifically around this. And I, I say that because I do believe this is an undertaught, underutilized part of our industry. And if tapped into, people will have more valuable businesses, hit new revenue ceilings with more freedom, sustainability, and lifestyle. So um, if anybody wants to dive into this stuff completely free, just go to www.champdev.com backslash free. Um, and there's the exact retention system trainings that we've used to unlock six figures in revenue. Uh, there's all types of free trainings in there specifically around LTV and retention if somebody wants to check that out. Sounds good. You're going to get at least two new leads right now, like as soon as we hop up. <laughs> and then uh, if you're listening and you jump on a call with us and you spot all of this, let us know that you were like, yeah, I listened to Michael's episode and you're doing that to me. And, uh, <laughs> you'll get the program for free. <laughs> you're like, everybody's like, yeah, paying attention. Let's go. Yeah. See how we drove some leads to, to you. I <laughs> uh, appreciate it. I uh, appreciate it. Anyways, Fonsi, anything else that we want that you want to add? Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Finally, yeah. we covered the, pros <laughs> the, the, promise the promise from the first episode. <laughs> and actually, I have one more very important notice. I just, yeah. I actually, I just realized my brother and I, we are matching today. Let's go. <laughs> that, that, that's not on purpose. <laughs> oh, man, I just, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm, I have the same shirt on there. Uh, that's uh, but yeah, Michael, this was absolutely amazing, man. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to, to do an episode live. I think it'll be extremely fun. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, my birthday's in January and I would love for you guys to introduce me at my own birthday party because you guys are the ultimate hype guys. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, count on that. Fonsi's birthday is also in what, January. What, what day in January? Yeah, January fifth. Okay, okay, right, cool, right. cool. I'm the 29th. Just send us uh, if you're streaming on our big screen TV. Just send us a link and we'll be there and we'll hype you up. But you. anyways, guys, with that said, thank you so much for tuning into a Content Profit podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at BizBrosco. That is right. If Michael here help you move one step closer towards your goal and unlock a whole bunch of hidden revenue in your business, please don't forget to share this episode and leave a five star review. See ya. Bye, guys.